Welcome to the Moms Who Inspire Us podcast. My name is Sarah Smith, and this is a project I've poured my heart into. Each episode, we will talk to a mom that has overcome or accomplished something big or small during motherhood. My goal each episode is to provide us with a small dose of inspiration and encouragement. In today's episode, I have a fascinating conversation with my mom about being one of the first female outside claims adjusters for a Fortune 500 insurance company, then rising the ranks all the while raising two kids. So thank you for joining us today, Marty, who also happens to be my mom, and she is going to share her story about breaking the glass ceiling for us in the insurance industry. So tell us, when did you start work at that large corporation? I started very young, right out of high school in 1973. What was your first job there? I started in accounting as an accounting clerk. And then I must have been a really good employee because I kept transferring to different departments and increasing my salary. In 1982, I went to underwriting. And then in 1983, I became part of a training program to have more individuals enter the claims processing world. Okay. So let's, let's also backtrack there. So you started in 1973. And what was it like, um, you know, the environment, like, like how were women treated differently? Did they, were they only like in certain jobs? Was there like this dress code? Yes. To all of that. Women predominantly were the clerical or the office individuals. The majority of the managers were white males. There were some women in positions, but I would say maybe two or three, and that was it. Dress code, we dressed business casual business. I spent about five years in accounting, and then I became uh, an underwriting clerk in underwriting. Let me backtrack. In 1977, I had my first child. And at that time, there was no maternity leave. You could take the amount of sick leave that you had, but the rest of it was unpaid leave. Being that I was brought up in a different generation and growing up in the 70s, I certainly challenged that. Um, one of my co-workers had a hysterectomy when I was having a child and I went to the human resources department and tried to get them to understand that we both were dealing with female organs and issues while the lady having the hysterectomy was on medical leave and paid the entire time and did not leave any, lose any seniority. I was paid just up to my amount of sick days but had to take time off unpaid and lost some seniority. Wow. And that was in 1977. In 1978, the federal law changed because there were a lot of individuals like me who were unhappy with the way it was. And the federal government pushed through a mandate and a change that acknowledged that maternity leave was not an illness, but a condition that fell under the same criteria as other medical leave. 
So when you were born in 1981, I was able to take maternity leave and be paid and not lose any seniority. So that was one example of how women were certainly treated uh, differently. And it was being treated different amongst women based on what condition you were dealing with. In 1982, things had changed a little bit when I went to underwriting, but not, no, I went to underwriting in 1978. Let me back up. In 1978, I went to underwriting. And then I went to claims right after you were born in, in the early 80s as a training program. And this was in office claims. It was ladies who handled claims in the office, over the phone, through the mail. There was one female that was working with the company in the entire state of Alabama as an outside field claims adjuster. So just one woman out of how many people? There weren't that many in the state at that time. Gosh, but they were all over the state in different offices. Um, probably 20, 30. Okay. But the policyholder count was increasing and they needed more people to handle claims. And so they approached me about working outside in the field as a field claims adjuster. Growing up as a tomboy, because my father had me as his little boy, I didn't have any problem with the requirements of climbing a ladder, learning how to build a house, those sort of things. Uh, crawling under a house didn't bother me. So I certainly agreed to pursue that aspect of my career because it was financially more rewarding and it was growth for me as an individual. The office I was working out of at that time, there were several older generation of gentlemen who were not happy. I even had a man confront me and tell me that I had taken some good man's job. That did not go over real well. And um, I probably could have been a lot more professional in my response, but I was not very professional. And he probably confronted me two or three times. Wow. He was very angry. What really made him unhappy was that they asked other women to also train after they asked me to enter that field claim experience. So you were kind of like the first one and they saw that you were successful. So like we should have more women. Yes. And they pulled us from a training pool. And some of these ladies were sent to other areas of the state to work because they needed those. They needed to house people there to go out and handle claims in those areas. And this was in the department that handled home claims, boat claims, business claims. We did not handle automobiles. They were adding women in the auto department as well, but they first did the addition of women in the homeowners side of claims. I will say that it was very challenging. I was sent 
to Philadelphia for three weeks, how to learn to build a house from the ground up. And we were taught proper techniques on using a ladder, how to climb roofs, how to crawl under a house, things to look for. And uh, it was very, very rewarding and challenging because as an individual, I grew tremendously in my knowledge and my ability. Um, and I was really excited to, to be a part of this phase of the industry. And this was early 80s. I would say by 1984, 84, 85, I was strictly a field adjuster working on the outside. We, as a group of women, had a lot of discussions about the challenges. And we, at times, encountered very unhappy policyholders that a woman had come out to climb their roof and make a decision. Oh, so you had internal and external. I didn't even think about that. Wow. We had internal and external hurdles. And there were times that it was very challenging. I do remember I was working in a certain area of the state, which had had a severe hailstorm, And there were men and women working and climbing roofs. And we did this 14 hours a day, seven days a week for 30 to 45 days before you had a day off. And I did have a gentleman who was very unhappy. And he told me if I was a man, he would shoot me. <laughs> and I, yes, I told him I was very sorry he felt that way. And he asked me to go back to my office and have a man come out and look at his roof, that he was not going to accept this denial of his claim from a woman. So I politely got in my car and left and I went back to the office and it was a man supervisor and I informed him of what happened and he told me that I was crazy if he thought he was going to go out there if that man had threatened to shoot me. <laughs> so I thought well I must be crazy because I thought he was going to immediately go out there and, and take care of the situation. It turns out that someone else went with this individual and two men did go out there together, which made sense to have a witness. And they continued to deny the man's claim. So there were external and internal challenges. Yeah. So you were not only like climbing people's roofs that eventually you would like have to go and basically go into a stranger's house. I mean, did you ever feel like you got put in like dangerous situations or... If we could tell up front from the phone conversation to set the appointment that it was uncomfortable, we could request that someone go with us. Uh, sometimes it was another female, sometimes it was a, a male, but it, you know, that was based on your, you had to use your judgment and your certainly discernment of that person and their personality. So that's why you always yelled at us. I'm a trained investigator. I know you're doing something wrong because you, yep. you learn how to tell over the phone if someone was lying or if they were dangerous or. Yes, we were all sent to body language classes to learn how to read body language. And we certainly were taught based on answers to specific questions. If it was apparent they were trying to not be honest or that they were not submitting something that was legitimate. The training was just absolutely 
um, enlightening and overwhelming at times, but you had to have those skills to handle the job properly. I can only think maybe four or five times that I asked someone to go with me because I felt certain it was going to be uh, an uncomfortable situation or this person was not going to be very acceptable of me being their adjuster. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I had people say, well, why, why did they send you out to climb my roof? Or why did they send you out to write this estimate to rebuild my house? And that was an opportunity for me to educate them that I was just as trained as any of the men that I was working alongside of, that it, it was just, I was just an adjuster. Shouldn't be whether I was male or female. I was trained and educated to handle their claim. This is audio, so people can't see you, but like you're a very small lady. <laughs> so not only are you a woman, but like you're super cute and tiny and you here you are carrying this, what? 30, 40 pound ladder and climbing up on their roof and, and climbing under. So that was probably a new experience for them too. It was, it was, but you know, some of the houses we crawled under had a tiny crawl space. Um, I do remember backing out of a couple of them because of snake skins being under there or rats. So, you know, again, it really helped that I was a tomboy and, and able to, to do those things without, without fear. Uh, but I also used caution and common sense to make sure that I wasn't going to be getting injured either. Yeah. Yeah. The ladder could at times be challenging. You certainly built a lot of muscle carrying that ladder around. Now I do believe now they have a much better ladder because we had a heavy wooden ladder. We all had our own ladder it was assigned to us and we kept it in the trunks of our car and um, I think I actually have my letter. I think I brought it home when I left, when I retired from the company. But yes, we did have several women in management positions at that time. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the claims vice president for the state was female. So is this the 90s? And this is the 90s. Okay. And... Um, at that time, the company was adding positions in management for agency, and I had interviewed for a job when they were adding them in several states, and I didn't get chosen the first round of interviews, but I got chosen in 1997 to go in to another training program for several months to be prepared for this new position that the company was adding. At that time, I moved to Mississippi in 1998 as part of the agency management team and worked in the office and in the field with agents and their staff. I was located to South Mississippi, which predominantly has a lot of hurricanes. And shortly after I got in my new position, a, a hurricane came through that caused a lot of damage. And I was pulled from that position and put in as a claims liaison between claims and agency. So I got to go back to my claims experience and, and help both sides of the company in handling those matters because times were very tense and trying for the agents and for the policyholders because of such 
overwhelming damage, loss of power, loss of this, loss of that. The agents were handicapped, you know, working, trying to work in their office with no power and policyholders certainly were not happy. So that really made me feel good about being able to share my claims experience with those who I was newly acquainted with on the agency side. I, at that time, did have a female manager. She came from agency and her perspective was a lot different than mine because I came from the company side and she came from the agency side. We had a difference of opinion on a lot of things, but it, it, it generally worked out. Everything worked out and I was able to continue in that position for several years. And then I actually got another position, a new position. I became a security supervisor and a compliance officer. And when I took early retirement, I was in that position with the company. So let's summarize. You started in 1973, straight out of high school. Um, You did go back to college as much as you could, but you never were able to finish because you were working and raising kids. And then you retired, what, 35 years later, and you were in a pretty senior position. Yes. Which I think is so cool because you did it all basically like from just brute sweat and work (laughs) and, you know, smarts and street smarts and, you know, I was very fortunate to be chosen for those new training positions. And really, it was it it really was a test to see if women could handle the work, physical, Mm -hmm. mental. And they did equip me for that position. But I do feel that my tenacity and determination, um, I continued my education constantly through courses that I could take through the company and continuing college. And actually I got a lot of license. Uh, I was licensed in the state of Alabama and Mississippi to sell insurance and securities and to be a security supervisor. So it was always continuing your education. It wasn't just, Oh, great. I got this job. I can sit down and, and reap the benefits. You had to constantly grow and make yourself more resourceful and marketable. You had the industry, as I said, was just changing tremendously with women being in these positions and in management positions. So how did you raise two kids while you were doing all that? Did you have help? (laughs) I tremendously had help. My former mother-in-law and father-in-law kept my children while I worked. And that was a blessing because they didn't have to go to daycare and I didn't have specific hours that I had to pick them up. But also being a field adjuster, I was able to schedule my appointments where if my children had something at school, I could take the time to run by the school and be there for them and participate. I will say that I did miss a lot of things when I was gone from home for 30 to 45 days, if there had been a storm somewhere and I had to go on storm duty, my in-laws took care of the children and my husband at that time certainly stepped up and was 
the mother father at home during the evenings. Uh, I could not have done it without that. I could not have done it with my pa- without my parents' help later on in life. Uh, my parents were there for me to take care of the children, or they weren't really children at that time, to step up and step in when I had to travel or when I had to work late in the job. It wasn't easy because if you're working 60 hours a week and you're a mom trying to cook supper every night and got two kids and do homework. It was very challenging. Not only was I dealing with coworkers who were unhappy, policyholders, client customers who were unhappy, and also trying to fulfill the needs that I felt sh- should be met by me as a mother and a wife. So how did you find the street to do all that? I mean, how do you stay sane? I mean, that's so much. <laughs> My husband tells me that I am like an energizer bunny. I don't ever want to sit down. I just keep going. And I guess you just, it's what you do. You just keep going. Working out and having faith in God was the only thing that got me through. When I was younger, I ran a lot. But now that I'm old, I go to the gym and work out with a group of old ladies. So you've got to keep working out. You've got to keep yourself focused. Uh, I tried meditation a lot, but I just, I have a hard time sitting still. I'm not a real good meditator, let's say. Um, And you're laughing because you know that. Today, women have so many more resources, so many more tools than we had in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Um, Sometimes I think society has given people too many Uh, crutches or excuses. When I was working, there was a saying that said, you just need to put your big girl panties on and do it. And that's what we had to do during that time. Just do whatever it took. Yeah. Sometimes that advice is helpful. Just do it. And then sometimes it's not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Thank you for chatting with me. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this wonderful program. Okay, so honestly, this was a fascinating conversation to have with my mom. Never have we sat down and talked about her career in regards to her being a woman, wife, and mom, and all that she faced. I mean, as a kid, I knew she worked hard and long hours, but I had no idea. As a mom myself now, it definitely gives me a different perspective on her career. I've always been so proud of her, but wow, she's pretty dynamite. And I love hearing how she found her career rewarding and exciting. My hope is that you have found some encouragement in this conversation today. I am sending you love and compassion as you go about your busy day. Talk to you soon.